0: Modern Animism, a Holistic Spiritual Path. I'm your host, Laura Giles from Pan Society, and we are here to make modern animism more accessible. Our guest today is Mimi Falco, who is an astrologer. As you know, all things are related in animism, and Mimi is gonna help us to connect the dots astrologically. So let's take a moment to get centered, grounded, make this a sacred space, and give gratitude to the ancestors and the elements. Acknowledge and thank the element of Earth for our planet, the safety of our home, the food that sustains us, our beautiful bodies that allow us to have this human experience. Thank you, Earth, for giving us a strong foundation and the ability to persevere. Acknowledge and thank the element of air for our ideas, inspiration, and the whispers that the wind carries that connects us to the other world. Thank you, Air, for reminding us to detach and lightly touch everything in life so that we don't become grasping or attached. Acknowledge and thank the element of fire for our power, desire, the responsibility that keeps things in check. Thank you for the passion that allows us to create and destroy so that life can move on. Acknowledge the element of water. Thank you, water, for all that's mysterious and deep, for the things that challenge us, scare us, and allow us to rediscover new things about ourselves, each other and the spirit world. Acknowledge and thank our loving helping ancestors from the human plant, animal and mineral kingdoms. I thank you for all the help that we receive, that is seen and unseen and ask that you please continue to support us. Thank you to our listening community for being here today. If we provide you with inspiration, value or knowledge, I ask that you reciprocate with a donation. Everyone is struggling with COVID and unfortunately our coffers are suffering too. We don't have member dues or fees because we believe that spirituality should be free. However, podcasts and videos and all that we do isn't free. So if you're able to reciprocate and share some of that bounty with us, we'd appreciate that. And you can do that at pansociety.net and there's a link at the bottom of the page. If you want to expand your animus practice or just want to uh, sate your curiosity, please check out our private Facebook group, Meet New Peeps. We have private events that are posted there too, so you're welcome to any of those. And if you want to take your learning to the next level, consider joining our online animism class, which can be found at pansociety.org. It can help you build a strong foundation for who you are, what you believe, help you to bring these beliefs into the world and solidify those beliefs, because you'll have experiences that show you that something is real versus just reading or thinking about it. All right. So astrology, what is that? Let's ask our guest, Mimi Falco. Welcome, Mimi.
1: Hi, thanks so much for having me. Um, So, oh yeah, I'm so excited. Um, First off, I love what you started off with. That was really beautiful, great
0: centering and grounding exercise. So So, so for those who aren't familiar with astrology or maybe think it's some kind of voodoo, witchcraft, (laughs) um, fortune-telling thing, because a lot of people don't know, Um, can you start us off by telling us what it is?
1: So astrology is way more than what a lot of people grew up with. Is as, as the sun sign, it's um, there are ten planets, twelve signs, and twelve houses. So the calculation of every single one of these makes up a unique chart for every single person. What we call the natal chart is a snapshot of the sky the moment that you were born, um, and it tells us what planets were in what signs and in which houses. And this te- this can tell us your personality what drives you what your karmic uh purpose is this lifetime it shows us everything about you
0: and how did you get started in it
1: like everybody i started with seeing you know my sun sign in magazines as a child uh, and as a leo rising i'm always interested in learning about myself so i then continued on a few years ago i'd say probably about 6 years ago now i had a friend who said you know, there's a moon and rising, right? And I got so swept into it. And so as soon as I learned about my moon and rising, I learned about the rest of the planets and, and it's really just swept me off my feet. What's so amazing about astrology is it's a language. It's not just this tool that you learn. It's an amazing tool, but first you have to get comfortable with the fact that it's, it's a language that you have to learn and you stumble on it for the first, first year or two just figuring it out. And then once you start speaking the language, you realize this is something that you've spoken in the past. And it's just another tool for you to communicate with yourself, with the divine, with your ancestors, with your community.
0: Yeah. So um, let's jump right in then. So when this (laughs) airs, the sun will be in Virgo, the moon in Libra, Jupiter, Saturn, Uranus, Neptune, Pluto, and Chiron, all retrograde. Any
1: thoughts
0: about that energy and how... How that's shaping up or fixing up with things on that day. Yes. So,
1: with the outer planets being retrograde, it's very, very subtle. I don't uh, give too much weight to them. However, I do give weight to them right when they go retrograde. So when Neptune went retrograde, I could sense that there was a larger shift that it was it was pulling us backwards. Whereas now we've gotten used to the retrogrades of the outer planets. Generally, what a retrograde with outer planets, because it's so subtle, it just means that this is happening more internally, and that there's something that we need to review within ourselves rather than looking externally at our circumstances. So instead to look within ourselves for any internal processes that need to be reviewed. With inner planets, like as of September 6th, Mercury reached its uh, shadow period, which means that it's gonna go retrograde in three weeks and it's gonna go as far back as it is right now or as of September 6th. So this I pay attention to because it's a, it's a personal planet which means that it moves so quickly that it does affect us a little less subtly.
0: Okay. So one of the things that I think is super important in animism is the wheel of life. And there are many cycles that we can tune into but the moon cycles are the ones that I use for moon circles and tuning into femininity um, and everybody has a natal moon. And um, there's also just uh, where the moon is on any given day. So how can knowing about your moon or your natal moon help a person?
1: Knowing about your natal moon is everything. (laughs) It really shows you who you are at your core, what you need to feel nurtured. You know, so many people for a while there were obsessed with their love languages and your moon sign is basically your love language. It's how you give and receive love. It's how you feel safe. It's how you feel comfortable. um, And it's how you nurture yourself or how best to nurture yourself. Um, And then going on with the transiting moon, I'm obsessed with tracking the moon I actually have a journal and and planner for tracking the moon's cycle um, so that you can you can kind of see like oh this Virgo moon this is going to affect me in my fourth house um, and so yeah tracking the moon it's the minute hand of of the zodiac
0: yeah um, so let's say okay new moon full moon what difference does that make in what's happening.
1: So, all right, let's do an example. We just had the new moon in Virgo.
0: That's generally
1: a time of release. It's a time of planting new seeds. The moon has, it appears to be gone. So it's essentially a beginning of a cycle because it's going to be growing and growing. So a new moon, I would say, is a fantastic time for releasing what no longer serves you. Say new moon in Virgo, releasing what what ideals of perfectionism that you have, releasing the things you think you need to be in order to finally achieve perfection, right? That's Virgo. And so then I would track the next six months until the full moon in Virgo, um, because the full moon is when something reaches its pinnacle, it reaches its zenith. And um, it's a fantastic time for manifestation. It's a fantastic time for bringing in as much abundance as possible. So you would track the six months of the new lunar cycle, the new moon in Virgo, all the way to the full moon in virgo and you can see how that uh, that idea of perfectionism has maybe adjusted in your life throughout the six months throughout that lunation cycle
0: mm-hmm. that's one of the things that i really like about uh, moon circles is because that's we use the moon phases and where is it astrologically as our mm-hmm. theme and I, for me when I first started doing it, I had so much growth in the first year because that's exactly what, what I did. And that's what I yeah. suggested that other people do too. And it builds, you know, you get mm-hmm. this one energy and then it, it doesn't just go away when the moon goes away. You know, the next moon comes in, it just builds and then, and you're just like, all of a sudden it's a kaleidoscope. It just opens up and you see kind of the world. I saw the world in a different way because you're looking at it through all of those energies. So do you have a favorite, um, heavenly body or planet that
1: you like to tune into i so i wouldn't say that i have a favorite planet that i that i i mean if i if there's one that i tune into the most it's the moon because it's Uh it's the minute hand it's what we deal with on a daily basis it changes every two and a half days um so i'm always paying attention to where the moon is if i'm especially crabby i'm like oh we've got it in cancer that's why (laughs) you know um virgo moon is a fantastic time for me Um, so no, I don't have a favorite planet. I've thought about that, but I'm just, they're all so essential. And, and going back to kind of what you said about the kaleidoscope, it gives you so much of a sense that, um, there it's a constant cycle you're never reaching this happily ever after this ending of great. I did it. Now what no life continues going on and the moon continues in the cycle. And even though you may have finally released the need to be perfect during the new Virgo moon, next new virgo moon there's going to be another another theme of virgo to deal with the cycle continues and it's all about evolving
0: yeah so our path here at Fan society is sovereignty connection and oneness and with sovereignty coming first because that's like the foundation of everything and i was taught that the sun is your true face so to me that energy is is what i'm looking at um what i want to be in alignment with myself Mm -hmm. is that how you see it or how would you define the, um, the sun as a, you know, for everybody. So the sun in
1: your natal chart, I, I see it as the form, the best form of expression of self, right? If it's ruled by Leo, which rules expression and being seen and shining the light, I see the sun as the path that you, that you are dealt this lifetime. Um, and yeah, the best way to align with yourself through, through how you express.
0: And what about your rising sign? How's that? uh, How can you use that to guide you? Yeah, your rising sign,
1: a lot of people see it as this is your appearance. This is how you physically look, which it is. But it's also how you identify. If you think of rising, it's literally just on the cusp of the first house. And so you look at the first house, that's your sense of self, your identity, what you look like, um, how you value yourself a little bit. It's more in the second house. Um, so your rising sign is also how you see the world as well and how the world sees you.
0: Okay.
1: It's like the, uh, the glasses that you wear specifically, the rose tinted glasses or the black tinted glasses, that's your rising sign.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, so the sun, moon, and rising are the big three. Uh, mm-hmm. I think you can correct me if I'm wrong. And they give kind of a personal container for their for a person's energy, no. but but it is a web and everything is connected to everything else and the planets and the houses have impact too. So everybody with a Scorpio rising, for example, doesn't look the same. So is there something that pops out when you're looking at somebody's chart, like something that you look for, for warnings, gifts, challenges, or that kind of thing? Or is it the whole thing?
1: You definitely look at the whole thing uh, generally my clientele is looking for some form of emotional grounding or trying to align their, their core values with who they are. So I tend to look first, not first, but I do tend to look pretty quickly at Chiron, which, um, not too many astrologers do, but because it's not actually a planet, it's a point. Um, mm-hmm. but Chiron shows us that deep soul's wound. It shows us where, where the trauma was, um, which you need to identify the trauma before you can move through it. So I look there a lot. I definitely look at the top three. I love to look at the first, fifth, and ninth houses to see where their fire is, see what their excitement is, their passions. Um, And then, depending on what they're looking for, you know, if they're very career focused, we'll look at the second, sixth, and 10th house. Um, You know,
0: it's interesting that you say that because I I love Chiron too. And Mm -hmm. I'm a trauma therapist. So I like to know what a person's Chiron is.
1: Yeah, (laughs) I know. Yeah, that's very fitting with your Scorpio rising too. You're, you're like, okay, let's get to the deepest point <laughs> and let's do surgery on it. Yeah.
0: So I don't like Saturn too much. Um, I'm triple water. Mm. And while I like boundaries, Saturn is a little disciplined and strict with boundaries. It feels like to me, um, I'm, you know it's a good thing. Some people like it, but the, the structure and responsibility, and I like those too, but they, I, I can feel like it gets really um, weighed down when Saturn starts acting up. So can you talk about Saturn return? Um, Cause a lot of my clients come in right then, like yeah. probably 50% of them are Saturn return people. So what does this yeah. mean for people?
1: So Saturn is that way. It is restriction. It is boundary. And we need that in life. Life can't all be hunky-dory happy. Um, but with Saturn and the Saturn return, there, do, there does come restriction. There does come delay and some boundaries that need to be set. But Saturn return is teaching you to, to learn the new rules and to sort of get your stuff together too. It's That's kind of the point in time, right? 28 to 30 is when people tend to get married or start having kids or buy a house, You know, do those responsible conventional uh, things that we're told we need to do in life. Uh, but what Saturn also rules that people don't, don't talk about is karmic abundance. And karmic abundance is just by... By learning those lessons and by following the new rules for your best self, you are bound to get a return on that. And you're gonna be, you're gonna gain this abundance from, from having learned those hard lessons. So by having this what, what people call negative Saturn experience, they're actually then getting the balance of, of reward.
0: So I think it's really important for people to know what that saturn is because if you know what it is then you can prepare for it and yeah. make it an easier transition so i yeah. think everybody could get a natal chart just you know for your information it's like you know an inside look at, at who you are and how to best use your energies or or how to best navigate your challenges oh yeah so what if somebody um looks at their chart and it's like oh my god there's so many challenges is there any such thing as a bad chart
1: no I mean any astrologer will say there's no such thing as a bad chart. There are charts that have more friction or have more tension, but these people tend to be the ones that that people are excited about because they have this dy- dynamism they have a dynamic um, energy about them that you can tell they've had these different pushes and pulls and there is tension you know a sun square moon they have the the, the tension of what drives them and what they need to feel safe so there is this um there's this magnetism to people who do have this tension in their charts. There is no bad chart. There are charts that are more, you know, exalted or that have some challenges there, but people who overcome challenges tend to be very, very interesting and dynamic people.
0: Yeah. I think that, um, you, it's like diamonds, you know, you can't make a diamond without some, some friction. I think it's good to be challenged. Yeah. On the flip side though, um, There are easy charts, like I have a pretty easy chart. (laughs) What are the blessings and curses of that?
1: Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I I also have a pretty blessed chart. I have an exalted sun and moon and I'm a Leo rising. Um, The thing with that, and I I know a couple people who have grand trines in their charts, which basically mean that things come easily to them in, in the certain, in whatever respect, whatever houses they're in, things come easily to them the flip side to that is then they don't really work for anything because they just assume things are going to come to you. Um, The, the blessed chart is fantastic. An easy chart is great, Uh, but it, it can sometimes symbolize somebody who then doesn't think they have to work for anything. Um, So recognizing you have a good chart or not a good chart, but you have an easier chart, you have good, easy placements. Um, You also have to be aware that that challenges will still come to you in a different way, that one day those blessings won't reach you. And you're going to wonder why, because you had the privilege of those blessings your entire life. Um, So that's a challenge you may face later in life.
0: Yeah. So I don't think it's uh, useful to be envious of somebody else's chart. I mean, you got what you got.
1: No, it's not useful, but it's also, we're humans. It's natural. So (laughs) it's okay. (laughs)
0: So Venus, of course, is the planet of love and everybody doesn't love the same. Um, and some feel like love eludes us. So what can a uh, natal Venus placement tell us about ourselves and or somebody that we find attractive?
1: Yeah, so our natal Venus can can show us uh, very clearly can be if you have your Venus in Taurus, maybe you'll marry a, a Taurus human person. Um, It can also show us, though, what we need to feel valued and also what we value. It can show us how we choose to appear, what aesthetic we choose. Um, So if you have Venus and Capricorn, I may think, oh, you look much more mature than than your age. Or you like to wear vintage clothing. You like to wear this older clothing. Or maybe you like to wear really restrictive clothing, something that restricts your movements, but that looks very um, picturesque. So Venus can show us your aesthetic, it can show us how you love, it can show you who you love um, and what your values are.
0: And I think that when they do the compatibilities, they're looking at Venus, how your Venus aligns. Um, Is there, can your Venus or your astrology help predict who's more compatible for you or maybe somebody who you should stay away from?
1: For compatibility, I, I look at everything because you're dealing with more than just attraction in relationships. Sure, on on first you can look at Venus because you want to make sure that you, you you know how to value each other well. But you want to look at Mars, how those people take action and how they take confrontation. You want to look at Mercury because that is how you communicate. That's how you process things mentally. This is how you process the world. Um, And then the sun and moon. You wanna see exactly what drives these people and you wanna see exactly how they feel safe or exactly how they don't feel safe.
0: That makes sense, yeah. Yeah. So what about um, Venus in retrograde? So now I'm not talking about the natal Venus, but what Venus is doing in the world. And lots of people have heard of Mercury retrograde, but what Mm -hmm. happens when uh, Venus is retrograde?
1: Venus retrograde. I think this, I mean, it's not a fun time. No no retrograde is really a great time. You go great. Venus is retrograde. I have to look internally on what I value or who I love or looking at my relationships. Um, assessing relationships is scary. And so Venus retrograde tells us to look internally and reassess what our values are, uh, who we choose to keep in our lives. Um, and that, that can be a tough time to question, question your relationships.
0: So I think if people are paying attention astrologically, it really is like a wheel of life because as above, so below, and it can help just guide you into uh, living more fully, getting rid of stuff that you need to w- when it's the right time or when the energy favors it and when to shift the different things. So it's kind of like having a uh, a guide, I think.
1: Absolutely. Oh my gosh. I look every morning at my, at my at the transiting chart and how it plays into my chart just to see just to give me a little heads up of, of what to expect for the day.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's not like you have to be a slave to it, but I think awareness is a good thing. Yeah. Yeah. So we talked about mercury and retrograde. I think most people are hip to that now, but Mm -hmm. if they're not, um, what is that?
1: (laughs) So yeah, mercury retrograde has, has become popular, uh, which is fantastic. It means more people are listening to astrology uh, more than just their sun sign. So mercury retrograde, essentially mercury is the planet of communication, of how we process things. Um, And so when it goes retrograde, the communication gets disconnected in a way. It's a little more fragmented. It's like the Wi-Fi is really spotty, but for the entire world. (laughs) So we all sort of have this disconnection on how to communicate with our our people or the way we process information just seems to be a little bit more fragmented. Um, And so this particular one is the last one this year and it's in Libra. In, in the sign of relationships. So I could definitely foresee and I, I think mercury retrograde became so popular because people, you know, were making memes about my exes are coming back and, you know, like, why is this happening mercury it retrograde. it does yeah and this one's in libra the sign of relationships. so if it's ever going to happen it's going to happen this month so everybody prepare um but also it doesn't have to be exes it can just be people in your lives that you in your life that you didn't expect to come back or showing up so mercury retrograde we tend to have a flash from the past suddenly come forward again um and so it's actually a nine week period because it's in its shadow now for three weeks, then it's retrograde for three weeks, and then it's going back over the same period for three weeks.
0: Okay. Yeah. So um, the other thing that I like to look at as a therapist, if we get if we go there, <laughs> um, is the North and South Nodes. Um, oh yeah. I past life regression so I, you know, if it's if it pops up, that might creep in there too. So how might knowing about your North and South Nodes somebody?
1: North and South nodes are a little bit more advanced. And I think um, they're so much fun to look at because you want to know about your past lives and who you're meant to become this lifetime, which is the North node. Um, so yeah, your South node, is is it shows you your past lives. It also shows you habits that you can easily pick up this lifetime. Things that you've done in the past that you know well and you don't even have to think about it. It's just instinctual that you know these things. And then your North node is showing you who you're meant to become this, this lifetime. Um, So yeah, they're very fun. I look at that when I look at Chiron, because Mm -hmm. it's about your soul's path, uh, less about your human uh, experience this lifetime, and more about your soul, your spirit that's, that's moving through many lifetimes. Um, So North and South Node are great tools for those who are who are doing soul work, who are working on a really, really deep level.
0: Mm -hmm. So when people come to you for a, do you call it a reading? Earth session mm-hmm. no I
1: session yeah
0: yeah so um what are the kinds of things that they can expect to walk away with so how do, how would it help i
1: really try to work on validating uh the human experience and while we are all very spiritual people we are put on planet earth to be humans in this lifetime so we are meant to be experiencing human emotions, human experiences. Uh, so, with a, in a session with me, I I try and make sure that you feel you are completely aligned with your core values. That's what's really important, so that you continue walking uh, outside throughout your day connected to your true self. Um, and I also believe in emotionally grounding. With my Taurus moon, I feel very, very much like. I'm so stable in the emotions and being comfortable in the emotion is really important as well.
0: Okay. Is there a a mythology or, or I don't know what to even call it, like a superstition that you encountered that you would like to kind of get people straight on?
1: A mythology. I think one thing that needs to be noted is that not all tarot readers or astrologers or, um, metaphysical readers are psychic. Uh, there's, there's a big difference there and it doesn't mean that they're less valid or that they're inaccurate. It just means that they, you know, they're using other tools to give you the information that you're asking for. That's
0: That's probably
1: the main one. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Speaking of you do tarot card readings as well.
1: Yes. I do tarot, astrology and numerology. Okay. Okay. Yeah.
0: Awesome. So, can you tell us how to find you in case someone's interested in getting to know more about themselves, you, or to have a book of reading?
1: Yeah, of course. So, uh, on Instagram, I'm at mimes.me, that's at m i m i s.me, or harvey which is my business. You can find me on my website, harveymountainalchemy.com. And it's so funny that you brought up tracking the moon because I literally just launched my uh, sun and moon journal and sun and moon planner so that you can track the sun and moon on a daily basis.
0: Awesome. Cool. Yeah. So I'd like to um, conclude by sending gratitude to you. The elements our loving, healthy ancestors. And if anyone found this helpful, please consider, um, donating to Pan Society as we do need your support and booking a session. So, um, Thanks for tuning in. I'm Laura Giles for Modern Animism Radio, and I'll see you next week. Ciao.